0: Hello and welcome to ConnectPoint's podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. It's a powerful thing. We've got to make sure that it stays powerful and that it stays our time of prayer for needs is significantly different than what people experience in most churches today. Significantly different experience. So it has to remain powerful. It can't just become some mode of operation. It can't just be our, you know, this is how their services go. This is their, their schedule. It has to remain powerful. Amen? Amen. And we're thankful for what God is doing. Amen, wonderful service this Sunday, and just a great time in the Lord, and wonderful to see, amen, three first-time guests in the altar seeking God, first time they've ever been in an apostolic church. That's awesome. It says a lot. It says a lot about the atmosphere. It says a lot about the people, amen. It says a lot about what God is doing and what God is capable of doing, what God wants to do, and in conversations, amen, after service with some of them, and just, you know, you hear some of these things like, you know, I, I, I was not expecting that to happen. I was not expecting to feel that way. I, this is not what I thought this was going to be like. That's good. We don't want to meet the world's expectations. Amen? We want to blow their expectations out of the water. We want them to experience the power of God. We want them to experience the love of God. Amen. And so that's just so wonderful what God is doing. Just what a wonderful, I'll tell you what, this is a great church to be a part of. Amen. Amen. Just the, the energy, the excitement, the growth, the real life change that's happening. One of the things that we talked about, we started last week, is the practice and the, uh, the power the power and the practice of prayer. Some It's worded that way somehow. It <laughs> doesn't really matter. Practice and power uh, you can't have any power in prayer if you don't actually do it, right It exists, but it's not going to exist in my life if i don't pray and so we have to understand that there's power in prayer, but we have to understand that we also have to do it. We have to practice uh, prayer and and that word you know means to do it the activity of doing it, but it doesn't hurt to also use the other definition of that word practice meaning that you can get better at it. Amen? Is anybody better at praying today than you were five years ago? That's a good thing, right? And if it's not, if that doesn't apply to you, guess what? You can grow in this area of your life. In fact, you have to grow in this area of your life. And I want to remind you that one of the reasons why people uh, prayer can be a struggle is because people don't really take the time to learn. What prayer is about and how to pray, why to pray, how to pray. Now, nobody is going to tell you to just memorize a prayer, okay? Uh, I'm not saying that there is not a time. In fact, some of the things we're going to be talking about tonight and as we go through this series, for however long we go through this series, is, is based upon the Lord's Prayer. And so it's not a bad thing to memorize the Lord's Prayer, But it's also not correct to just repeat the Lord's Prayer and say, I prayed today. Okay, that you would be missing the entire purpose of what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. And so uh, prayer for some can become monotonous or boring. It can have no life and no power attached to it. And they can wonder how in the world do other people do this. I just don't think this is for me and what you really need to do is figure out uh, what what you're not doing what you're doing wrong what you should be doing what you really need to do is learn somebody say learn. learn is learn how to grow in this area and I said last week that just because we get the Holy Ghost does not mean we automatically know how to pray amen that's not a, that's not a, at all the case in fact most of the time, amen, people, the repentance and the and baptism and the Holy Ghost, a lot of the time these things happen pretty quickly uh, in succession with one another, uh, and, and there's a, that's just the beginning. Somebody say, it's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of someone's relationship with God. That's by no means the pinnacle, nor anywhere close to the end. That's just the beginning of our relationship with God. And so uh, we have to uh, learn. It does not come naturally. It must be learned. It must be nourished. Prayer must be cultivated. It's going to grow and become powerful in our life. And friends, we need it to be powerful in our lives. We desperately need it in our world today. And so I'm going to start with uh, just some, some suggestions, some suggested guidance uh, for us. Uh, I'm not by any means trying to say if, if you have what, if your relationship with God is growing and you're praying on a daily basis and if you talk to God throughout the day and, and you're doing really well, I'm not telling you to trash whatever you're doing and just do exactly what I'm saying. These are just kind of guidelines for us and some things to consider that may be of help, amen, to some of us. Amen. The first thing would be start with praise. Somebody say praise. Praise. Start with praise. Praise is a good way to start praying, amen. The reason why it's a good way to start talking to God each day is because it's really hard uh, to slumber and uh, mumble your way through praise it 's really hard to give lethargic praise, amen. when you start praising God, the words that you use, the attitude that is involved in true praise, there's an excitement connected to it, there's an energy connected to it, and so it's a good wake up, especially since we talked last week about the first fruits of our day and beginning our day with the Lord and we if you weren't here last week i 'm not going to reteach the whole go back and listen to it but but uh there is no. There is nothing in the scripture that tells us that your prayers are only successful if it's at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. But the beginning of your day is a good time to pray for the first time that day. That doesn't have to be the last time we pray that day. But the beginning of our day, whether we work first or second or third shift, the beginning of our day is a good time to start, amen, our first prayers of the day. And a good way to start our first prayers is to start with praise. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. Hallowed be thy name, holy and set apart is your name great is your name powerful is your name we need to establish who the object of our praise is that jesus is the object i'm going into prayer right now and i just want my brain to know and anyone else around to know that i'm praying to jesus and i'm going to start out by praising jesus because he's worthy of my praise he's worthy of my adoration he's worthy of my worship amen You've heard me say this before, we need to personalize this stuff. You are God, but you are also my God. You are my God, you created me, you're my creator, you saved me, you're my savior. He's not just the savior of the world, it's a good thing for me to remind myself every day he's the savior of me, he saved my soul. Amen. And so I'm worshiping him, my God. And so I'm praising him. I'm starting out with praise. I'm, I'm I'm in I'm building him up. Not that he can be built up, but my perception. I'm building that up, right? I'm seeing him bigger. The more I talk about, the more I praise him. I'm talking about how he hung the sun and the moon and the stars, and he created the heavens and the earth. It's hard to see him as small if you just got done telling a man that you know he created and separated the light from the darkness, right? Amen. It's hard to see him as small if you've just spent some time praising him. So before our requests and before our petitions and before our questions and before our problems, simply praise him and worship him for who he is and for what he's done. It's a great way to start, amen, your time of communication and prayer with the God. It establishes and makes clear who our God is. Not talking amen, to some man-made idol. I'm not talking about some God that I created, amen. I'm talking about a God who is alive and well, who sees and knows and hears, and thank you for hearing me, God. I'm glad that I can pray to you today, and I know you hear me when I pray, amen. Now, somebody may ask the question, the why not repentance first, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but Amen. The thing about that is, is repentance is, is, is asking God for something that you need. Right? It's not giving God anything that he desires. or w- w- In the sense, he does, re- he does desire our repentance. But, I mean, it's not, it's not a praise. It's not a worship. And, and we need to always begin our prayer with something that God desires to hear from us, and that's our praise. Look at 2 Chronicles 5 and 13. It came to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that then, somebody say, then that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Remember last week we talked about any, any place can be God's house. Any place can be a house of prayer, right? And Well, this was, amen, the, the place that they had built for the house of God. This was the temple, but notice the temple was complete Everything was in its proper place and in proper order. But before they would begin with anything else, they first invited the presence of God to be where they were. And how did they invite the presence of God to be where they were? By praising him. In fact, they included music. So, amen, it's not wrong to include, uh, amen, music, uh, amen, in your time of prayer. I would just encourage you uh, that, you know, it'd be music that is conducive to prayer. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Music that is conducive to prayer. I know people who have prayer song lists where they've Over the years, they've got certain songs that kind of tie in with certain segments of their prayer. So their first song, amen, will be something that uh, motivates them, wakes them up a little bit, gets them going a little bit, gets them moving a little bit. And it's about praise. It's about adoration. It's something like that. Amen. And maybe as they move on to the other stages of prayer, some of their song selections uh, move on. The only thing I would say about that is, hey Amen, don't spend more time working on your prayer song list than you do working on your prayer life. Amen. Amen. But they had everything in order. The temple was built exactly to God's plans and dimensions. Everything was exactly the way God wanted it to be. But before they did one thing in that temple, before any sacrifice was made, before anything, they said, we want This can't just be a building. We want this to be the house of God. And so they begin to praise God. And when they praise God, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Let me tell you, the glory of the Lord can fill your living room. The glory of the Lord can fill your car as you're driving down. The glory of the Lord can fill any place, any time that we are at. Amen. We start to praise him. Amen. Now you might have everything all planned out according to, you know, concerning that what you're going to pray about. And you may have you may enter into your prayer time like oh, I'm I'm going into prayer today cuz I got this thing. Me and God need to have a talk. I'm praying today cuz me and God need to have a conversation today. I got uh, this is a big deal. I understand that. And you may have it all planned out about what you're going to pray about, but if the presence of God is not there, you don't have anything right let me let me let me explain there's a reason look at everything that god does that speaks to our humanity speaks to our creative remember now he created us right he created us so so when we repent of our sins genuine repentance is is connected to humility. Right? It's co- pro, uh, to, uh, broken in a contrite spirit. Genuine repentance has uh, can can also be can be accompanied with tears. Genuine repentance will touch us emotionally. We agree on that? Yes. Amen. Baptism is a powerful experience. Right. Baptism it physically involves us, our physical bodies get into the water, we physically go under the water. There's a physical component to that, isn't there? Amen, we get the Holy Ghost, amen. We don't just stand there like some sort of robot, just stand there like this, and the next thing you know we're speaking in tongues. No, it doesn't happen that way, never has happened that way, won't happen that way. It involves us, it involves us as beings, It involves us. He specifically chose the tongue, our physical tongue that he created to take control, to show what he is doing. There's high emotion involved. It's a very powerful thing. It's all of it. None of that takes anything away from the spiritual of what is happening, but it also affects us physically, the power of God. When God moves into this place during a worship service. Right, you walk in and you're saying hi, and you know you 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 got off work and you you you're kind of just starting to get in church mode right? That's okay, that's not bad lingo. you can say that church mode. I know we're supposed to be in church mode all the time, but you know what I mean I know what I mean you and I we all agree, so we're getting in church mode, we're talking to people, we're starting to kind of disconnect a little bit from whatever we were in the car or whatever we saw on social media or whatever blah blah blah. And we're in here, and the power of God, we start to sing, we start to worship, and the power of God begins to move in. And you feel it, right? You don't just know it, but you feel. You feel it. So why would we ever settle to go through an entire prayer time and not feel the presence of God? Why would we settle to just go through some sort of motions, some sort of like, well, this is what I have to do? Why would we settle for that when everything we know about God includes us having an experience, something that we can feel, something that we know is happening? This is what they were, this is what they knew, this is what they understood. They said, We have the temple and we've got all the utensils and we got, it's all built to God's specifications and everything God wanted. We've done it, it's all here. But we don't want to just go in there and just start sacrificing animals. We don't just want to go in there and start going through the, the priestly motions. We want to make sure that the glory of God is there because once we're sure the glory of God is there, then we know that everything that comes after that is going to work out. I'm telling you, you start praising God and worshiping God in your home and the glory of God comes into your living room. You're not going to have any problems uh, when you get into the prayer Time, the request time, the needs time, or a forgiveness time, or the repentance time, because you're in the presence of God. You can feel that the Almighty God is in the house. Oh, hallelujah! You say, Well, what if I don't what if I don't feel that? Well, I would say praise Him a little longer. Right? Praise Him a little bit more, worship Him a little bit more. You say, Well, I did it and it didn't happen. What should I do? Raise them a little longer. Amen. Amen. See, this, this time thing is our issue. This is our issue. So everybody's everybody's always trying to find out what the appropriate amount of time spent in prayer is. Pastor, I, you know, I, the way my day is, I can... I can, only, I can only pray for about, about 10 minutes. But you know, it's good. It's a good 10 minutes. Is 10 minutes enough? And they're looking at me like, please tell me 10 minutes is enough. <laughs> can 10 minutes be enough? 10 minutes can be enough. Some days, sometimes, maybe, certain situations. I, can, I can't look at you and say, nope. Unless you pray for longer than 10 minutes, it's all a failure. It's a waste of time, right? I prayed some desperate prayers. Took about 30 seconds because that's all I had was 30 seconds. I needed, it was desperate. Sometimes that's where we're at. That's still praying. But I would say this, letting the time dictate our prayer instead of letting God dictate our prayer, that's problematic. That's, that's problematic. I've, I've heard some great prayer warriors of our movement simply say it like this. Uh, I'll stop praying when God releases me. Now, remember now, God knows that you have a job. God knows he told you in his word that you have to provide. He tells you don't be, don't be lazy, Right? we got all these other things that we have to do to meet up to his word. Prayer is just part of it. He knows all of that stuff. So when we say, well, Pastor, if I told God, Lord, I'm going to pray here until you release me, what if he doesn't release me? I'll be late for work. I'll lose my job. Does that sound like something God would do? Does it sound like something God would do? Keep you in prayer so that you lose your job and your family goes in want? Now, see, most of this stuff is not logical when we actually say it out loud. But we say it to ourselves, and it sounds so logical. It sounds so logical because it's justification. It's us getting what we actually want, which is, I just want to pray long enough to say I prayed. <laughs> and that's a total uh, misconception of the whole thing. And, and frankly, it's, it's, we're missing out. Right? So we want the glory of the Lord to be there. So we start with some praise and we start with some worship. And we, we don't rush through that. We want to make sure that we are aware of God's presence. I know we all know God fills all time and space. We all know God is there. We all know we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we're never away from it. We're all aware of those things. But you know what I mean when I say we want to feel God's Presence. That's important. And as we go through our prayer, I'm going I'm to say this part now, but this actually talks, we may mention this more. Sometimes it's good to wait on the Lord a little bit. In fact, right after some praise and worship is a good time to just wait on the Lord a little bit. Frankly, waiting on the Lord a little bit is one of the ways that some people have learned To pray, that is why they're able to pray longer than others. And I'll I'll show you what I mean about that. But Isaiah says in 40 and 31, you know this verse, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Shall renew their strength. Does anybody need that? Anybody ever need that? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. That sounds good. They shall run and not what? Does that sound good to anybody? I think I like some of that. They shall walk and not faint. Yes, Lord, that's a good way to start my day. I would like that to be how my day goes. That's an important thing. And that word wait and wait upon the Lord, that word wait means to bind together. It means to be patient with expectation. It means to come into agreement. It doesn't mean just to wait. That's not what it means. It means to come into agreement with. It means to bind together with, to have an expectation of what is going to come next. You see, we are so anxious to get to our petitions, to our requests. We're so anxious to get to the part where we tell God what we need him to do. That God is telling us that he wants us to come into unity with him. He wants us to come into unity. He wants us to come together. He wants us to bind together with him, to to come into agreement with him. And so we need to wait upon the Lord a little bit. We we, we apply this to our prayer time. And and here's the thing. We don't always have to be saying something to be in prayer. Matthew 6 and 7, Jesus says this before we get to his prayer what we call the Lord's Prayer. He says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. They think that if they can just talk a lot, then God will have to hear them. Let me ask you a question. This is just a a fleshly human question. Have you ever been around somebody who never stopped talking? How much do you hear? Am I right? They just never stop. And you eventually learn that you just, you ever just like kind of have a moment where you're like, oh, are they, are they still talking to me? Is this, are you talking to me? I didn't realize. Now God knows, God knows more than we do. But it's interesting that he says that they think that they should be heard because they just talk a lot. That's not necessarily the case. We don't have to be speaking for God to hear us. We do believe in verbal prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. We believe in verbal prayer. We believe in out, outward prayer, out loud prayer, even loud prayer at times. There's plenty of scriptures about being loud. But we also believe Psalm 139. To the chief physician, the Psalm of David, O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but Lord, thou knowest it all together. Amen. We need to remember that God doesn't need us to tell him things. There is a reason for prayer, and we're gonna, we're, we're gonna learn that as we go through. There's a reason why we say things, and we even say them out loud. There's reasons for that. But we need to remember that it is God, and he knows, right? First Chronicles 28 and 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, David says to his son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee, but if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off. He says to his son, listen, son, there's something you need to understand about prayer. There's something you need to understand about God is that he searches and knows. He knows the heart. He knows what's the thoughts. He knows he can read our minds. Amen. He knows it. In fact, the words that are in our tongue, meaning before our tongue even speaks them, he knows them. Right? Now, this is not a commercial for just pure meditation all the time. This is not a commercial for just, you know, to get in the middle of the floor and sit cross-legged and just sit there quietly for an hour and a half. That's not what I'm telling you to do. But there is room for us to wait on the Lord and to come into agreement with whatever he is wanting out of this time of prayer. To let him begin to talk to us a little bit. Let him begin to look at us a little bit. Because Proverbs 21 and 2 says it like this. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. Amen. We can think that we're right. We can believe that we're right. And we can think that we got a great plan for our daily prayer that day. I've got a good plan. But God says, I know what you think is right, but I need you to know what I have for you today. Right? Right? Psalm 19 and 14 says this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let me tell you something that human beings are capable of doing. We are capable of speaking with our mouth something different than what is in our heart. Are we capable of that? Are we capable Are human beings capable of looking someone in the eye and saying, I love you? And in their heart, they're saying, I hate you. Are we capable of looking at someone and saying, it's okay, don't worry about it? And in our heart, saying, it's not okay, and you should be worried about it. We are capable in our humanity of speaking things in prayer that are not right or the same in our heart. It's important, though, that once the glory of God is there and once we feel the presence of God and we know we're in the presence of God, it's important that we come into agreement with God and we begin to bind together and that we are patient and we have expectation of what he he wants so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will both be acceptable to him. Amen. Both be acceptable to him. You remember he said before we got to the Lord's prayer, he said there are those who just pray for a show. There are those who just pray, and they just make themselves known, and they get real loud, and they want everyone to know that they're praying. He said there are people that do that, and that's not helping them at all. Once again, nothing wrong with with loud prayer. Nothing wrong with walking around in a church and praying or walking around in your home and praying. Nothing wrong with that. But what he was saying was there was a disconnect uh, between what was coming out of their mouths and what was in their heart. He says this right before. He says, let me tell you some things about how you should pray. And so as we progress through our prayer time, it's okay to wait on the Lord. I'm not saying to stare off into space. I'm not saying to meditate on social media. Well, I need to know who to pray for. <laughs> I'm not saying to start out with worship and then wait on the Lord and forget all about what you're doing. And start planning out your day. Grab a piece of prayer. Grab your prayer list and you got names on it. You start waiting on the Lord. Next thing you know, there's a shopping list next to your prayer list. You realize, what did I just do? What what happened for the last five minutes? That's not what we mean. Stay focused. Stay connected. Stay worshipful. Keep your heart right. Amen. But let the Lord begin to work on you come into agreement with what God has planned for the rest of that time of prayer. Another guideline, Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'm just going to tell you right here, a lot of people uh, refuse to do this part, and it messes up everything else. This is a really good way to kind of, just kind of self-destruct your prayer life. Lord, establish your throne in my heart today. You're the king of my life. You are in control. You are the king. I'm under your authority. I'm submitted to you. I surrender this day to you. You are, establish your throne in my heart. God, Establish your throne in my home. I want your throne to be the only throne that exists in my home. Every idol has to come down. Every all, all false god has to come down. Anything else I've given my worship to and praise to, I'm sorry, forgive me. Lord, it's got to come down. I want you, you, thy Kingdom come. Lord, establish your kingdom in our church. Lord, establish your kingdom in our city. Lord, establish your kingdom. What does it mean? I like to pick, when I pray it, I like to picture the literal throne of God. The throne of God with Jesus himself sitting upon his throne as the king of my mind. Lord, establish your throne in my mind today. You are the highest power. You are the highest authority. Everything else that comes into my mind is subject to you. Amen? And I like to picture that, amen, his throne. When I say, Lord, amen, establish your your throne. Thy kingdom come in my home today. I like to picture that throne right smack down in my living room. I like to look over and see him sitting on his throne in my living room. This is your house, not my house. My family is your family. They're not mine. I don't own it. You all gave it all to me. I want your will to be done in this place today. Thy kingdom come. You pray it over your church. You pray it over your city. God, tear down the idols. God, tear down. We tear this down. We turn from our wicked ways. Heal our land. Right? Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. No room for idolatry. No worship or praise to anyone or anything else. Amen? Amen? We don't accept the praise for what God did. We don't ever get comfortable accepting praise or credit for what God did. Amen? We're to surrender our will. We surrender our will. It's twofold. Everybody say it's twofold. The first thing is I surrender my will. But the the next thing is I submit to his will. You have to have both of those things. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. His will, not my will. So for me to get from my will to his will for this day that I'm praying about, in my life that I'm bringing to prayer, I must surrender my will. He will not override your will. He won't. He will not override your will. Can I tell you something? No matter how many times you pray and beg Him to do it, He's not going to do it. You can come to an altar, you can cry and beg and plead, God, take this away from me. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be this way anymore. You can do all of that. But when you walk out and your will, goes after it, and you don't surrender your will to God, he's not going to say, well, even though it's your will, I'm going to override your will. Amen? So I have to surrender my will, and I have to submit. Surrender and submit. Wow, two wonderful words. Saints love those words. I have to surrender my will and submit to his, which means whatever he wants to do to me, with me, through me, for me, he can do it, right? Why? Because it's his kingdom. It's not my kingdom. It's his kingdom. Thy kingdom come. It's his kingdom. His will needs to be done. Amen. You need to remind yourself on a daily basis, his will is more important than my will. His will is more important than my will. You say, Pastor, I need to do that every day? Every single day. you got to tell this flesh, not my will, but thy will, God. Your will is more important than my will. Amen. Amen. His will is always Better. Somebody say always. It's always better than my will. Every single time. You say, well, I have a pretty good plan for today. See, God doesn't know this yet, but I was going to take off work early and go door knocking and invite some people to church. Well, God actually already knew you were thinking about doing that. And his will is still more important than your will. Still. Still. You know, it's easy to pray that if you believe it. It's hard to pray it if you don't believe it. And this is where, frankly, people get hung up. Praise is not too hard. Waiting on the Lord can't be that difficult. But this will thing, this is where people get hung up. And this is where their prayer life can really struggle. Because... We want control. We're control freaks. We want control. We like the power. We like to be the masters of our own lives. We like to be able to say, I made a decision and I did it. This is what I'm doing today. We want the control. And so it's easy to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, if you really believe that and that's what you really want. That's not a hard thing to pray. But it can be a very hard thing to pray if you don't believe it and it's not what you really want. And so you can run into that wall. But you need to, every day, you need to verbally give God permission to control your life and lead you and direct you. You need to verbally say it out loud. You say, well, why does God need to hear it? Well, you're giving permission for him to do his will. And you also need to hear yourself give that permission. Make it known to yourself that his plan is better than yours. Make it known. Say it out loud. This is without exception. Jesus gives us the ultimate example of this. When his humanity was trying to deal with Calvary on the horizon in Mark 14, he went forward a little, he fell on the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. Now, you tell me what you're going to face tomorrow. That is in comparison to what he was facing. You tell me what's on your horizon. That's in comparison to what was on his horizon. Calvary was on his horizon. And he said, not my will, but thy will be done. His humanity cried out, not my will, but thy will be done. You need to establish it in your heart and in your life at the beginning of the day. You need to give God permission you need to give God permission. One of the things that I, that I say daily when I pray is, Lord, I need you today. I need you to be a filter over my mind and over my eyes and over my ears and over my heart. Because I know there's attacks. I know there's stuff. I know there's junk or this world's going to come. And so I, I'm giving you permission to control, to help me to control and filter out what is coming into my life today. But that's not all I say. The next thing out of my mouth is, but God, also be a filter over my mouth. Because it may be my will to say something that I shouldn't say. I want to, I, normally it's something like this. It's not, it's not memorized. It comes out in a lot of different ways. But it, normally it would be something like this. Lord, I want to be a peacemaker today. I want to speak peace. I want to speak love. I want to speak faith. I want to be an encourager today. I want to speak things that bring life into people's life. I want to do that. Lord, if I have to speak something beyond that, because, you know, I am a pastor, so there's that whole reprove and rebuke and all that stuff that's in there too. Pastors, by the way, don't love that part. But it's there. Lord, if I have to say something beyond that, give me wisdom to lead your people today. But I'm asking him, I'm verbally, out loud, giving him permission. I'm asking him to be a filter, to guide me, to give me direction. You say, well, why would you do that, preacher? Because I'm dumb. Because I'm just not that smart. You say, well, that's not a good way to talk about yourself. Well, I'm comparing myself to God. I didn't say I was dumber than you. (laughs) That was a joke. But I'm definitely dumber than him. Right? I'm just not that smart compared to him. I know nothing compared to him. I don't have a clue what to do compared to him. So guess what? Not my will, God. Because left to my own devices, I mess myself up. And left to my own devices, I can mess my family up. And left to my own devices, God forbid, I can mess somebody else up. So, yeah, every day we need to be telling God, not my will, but thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Not mine. Thine. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's, we do one more? We're going to be in this series for a little bit, but let's let's do one. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. This one can get a little confused sometimes because yes, God is the source of our sustenance, our nourishment, but this is a whole lot more than that. There's a lot more going on here than just, Lord, I need to eat today, so thanks for that. Before Jesus got into this prayer guide with the disciples, he says this in Matthew six seven through eight. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard from much speaking. We already got that part. But be not you therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye need of before you ask Him. He knows what you need of before you ask him. The Bible says at another point that we need to consider the lilies of the field, how they spin and toil not. And none is arrayed as good as these. And yet, they're not worried. And the birds are not worried. Right? Birds are not worried. It's an interesting thing, uh, creation and stress and... Anxieties and fears. And we're the highest creation. And we suffer with that the most. We are the highest form of God's creation and we suffer with those things more than anything else. He says the birds don't worry about it. They don't wake, they don't wake up every day and say, oh, there's probably no worms out there. I just know there's not going to be worms there today. This is going to be a bad day because there's not going to be any worms. I can't feed my family if there's no worms. If there's no worms, we're all going to die. It's going to be horrible. Verse, he says, don't do that. They don't do that. And another verse of scripture tells us that as many sparrows as he's created, if one falls, he's aware of it. But we, the highest creation, struggle with this the most. And so he's not saying simply that, Lord, you know I need food today, so I'm, I'm asking you to give me this day my daily food. I'm not saying that we can't ask for food if we need it. If you need it, it can be a request. It could make your petitions known unto him. It can be something that you pray about. Amen. I've heard some wonderfully miraculous stories of people, cupboards empty, refrigerator empty praying desperate prayers to open their front door and see bags of groceries just sitting on their steps i've known people that that's happened to i've known people who were on the other side of it who felt like god told them to go buy a bunch of groceries and bring it to someone's house they were on the other side of the miracle god does that kind of stuff if you have a need you need it you're praying about you need food what did he say i know that you have need of all these things In fact, if you'll seek my kingdom first, all these other things shall be added unto you. My kingdom first, right? So before I get to my request, I say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Then I get to my request. And so it's not just about the food. Daily bread means day by day bread. It means what we will need every day. Matthew 4, let's look at this, 3 through 4. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made into bread. But Jesus answered the devil and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We want to hear your words. We need to hear you speak today. We want your word to be alive in us today. Look at Job twenty-three, ten through 12. But he knoweth the way that I take. Jesus speaks of his God and creator. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job is in the trial of all trials. Job is dealing with the loss of his children. Job is dealing with a wife that has turned her back on him. Job is dealing with boils on his body that are painful. Job is dealing with friends that don't really seem to have an answer for him. And Job says, look, God knows the way that I take. God knows where I'm at. He, when he tried me, I'm going to come forth as gold. He speaks faith over his life. i my feet had held his steps. I haven't gone astray. I haven't went after my own stuff. I haven't listened to the naysayers. I haven't turned my back again. I haven't turned my heart against him. I've kept his way. I haven't declined. I still worship him. I still love him. I haven't gone back from the commandments of his lips, the things that he has commanded in my life. I still believe I'm still doing them, even though I'm in a trial, even though I'm in a heartache, and I esteem his words, the words of his mouth, more than the necessary food. I can go without food today, but I cannot go without hearing from you today, God. I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you, God. Oh, God, how often do we put the the shallow, unnecessary things that we call needs as priority in our prayer when what we really should be prioritizing is the Word of God. I need to hear the Word of God. You don't have to speak answers to my prayer. You don't have to tell me where my meal's going to come from. I just need to hear what you have for me today. I just need to hear what you're saying to me. John six and thirty uh, six twenty six. 27, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but you're seeking me because of the food, the loaves, amen, that you eat and you were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but that for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. He said, you're here not because you you want a miracle, a, 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 a life-changing, eternity-changing miracle to happen in your life. You're here because you heard I can multiply some loaves and some fishes. You're here because you want to get some more food for your belly because a free meal is better than paying for it at McDonald's. So you're here for that. But he says, you should be here to receive my words because if you receive my words, oh, hallelujah, if you did this, you would get meat that doesn't perish. You would get something that brings everlasting life into your body, into your soul. He goes on a few verses later in John 6 and 35, and I'm almost done for tonight. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So when I come to him in my daily prayer, I'm coming to the bread of life. So when I say, Lord, give me my daily bread, I'm not talking about my food for the day. I'm coming to him. I'm coming. I need him in my life because he gives me Amen, that which would cause me to never hunger. Oh, hallelujah, and never thirst. And a little bit further along, down just a few verses later, he goes on one more time. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die I am the living bread, which cometh down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now he's talking about Calvary. Now he's talking about sacrifice. Now he's talking about take, eat. This is my body broken for you. He's not saying start out your day with a little praise and a little wait on the Lord and a little thy kingdom come and then I will be done. And then a little, Lord, I need you to help me, help me be able to afford food today. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, I need you. I need to be connected to Calvary today. I need to be connected to what Calvary did what Calvary did was conquer death, hell, and the grave. That's why he said, you eat of this and you shall never die. This, If you eat of this bread, if you eat of this, it's eternal life. I need to be connected to the source of my eternity every single day. Amen. I need to be connected to the source, the doorway to my eternity. You say, well, why is that so important? I'll tell you why it's so important. Because we're not promised today nor tomorrow. We don't know how this day is going to go. We don't know if we're going to. this is our last day on earth uh, and I could get all wrapped up uh, and whether I'm going to have enough food for groceries and whether or not this person's going to do what they're supposed to do and this need in my life is going to be met when really uh, hey, amen. I, I should have been thinking, this night thy soul shall be required of the uh, The Bible says uh, I need to connect myself to my eternity every day at the beginning of my day. Uh, When I'm talking to the Lord, uh, I want to make sure right now, no matter what happens the rest of this day, I know I'm going to heaven if this whole thing ends. Uh, I know I'm going to heaven if the trumpet sounds. Uh, I know I'm going to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. I know I'm going to heaven every day. Before I'm done with my prayer, you got to know you're going to heaven, whether or not you know if the boss is going to be in a good mood or not. Right? Whether or not you've got your after-work schedule planned out, whether or not you've got the ride to the place or the money for the gas, there's something you need to know before any of that matters, is that I'm going to heaven today. If today is the day, I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen give us this day our daily bread so we see just how much more give us this day our daily bread can mean we spend so much time talking about our needs to god that doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense the the predominant prayer of our day, the, the biggest chunk of our prayer time should not be us telling him what we need. The Father knows that you have need of all of these things. Amen. Stand with me if you would, please. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.